Hello, friend, and welcome to episode 34? Fuck, what's the fucking episode? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's just say 34. Fucking Christ. No, you know what? I'm going to look it up. Fucking Lord. Yeah, it's 34. Dicks. And there's a fucking train going by now as well. Double dicks. I don't need this shit. Bifurcating train. It's it's leaving. Yeah, after that, I think it would. Hello, friend, and welcome to episode 34 of Party Dice Friends. My name's Grant Howard, this is Chris Taylor, and together we're here to answer your role-playing game questions, so pull up a lilo and sit on the swimming pool, because we're having a sunny Halloween episode. Sunny beach party. So it's October, and I think we need to have some sort of Halloween episode, but maybe like a Halloween month, because I've looked at Twitter.com, and all the cool people seem to like Halloween. Ah, oh, they've all changed their names, which means I don't know who any of them are anymore, and thus yeah, don't care about their opinions. Sometimes, sometimes they change their picture as well. It's like, I don't know who the fuck you are anymore. Yeah, it could be anyone. I quite like Halloween. I love Halloween. I don't like Halloween as much as Americans do. Um, Americans really have a handle on it that I can't grasp. Mm. Mm. Um, I wish I wish I could get into it in the way they do. So all, my, my version is just condensed consumption of as many horror films as I can. Yeah, for sure. I enjoy the dressing up element of it. I like, yes, I like you the do, fact you do, that... You do like a good dress up party. What's the thing? Like, I, I dress up like it's Halloween most of the time. In that I actually, like, a couple of months ago, I actually had a man ask me, um, isn't, like, like he, he, he called out of his car, I didn't know it was Halloween to me. Wow. And then, and then I walked over and said, I'm sorry, what did you say? I didn't know it was Halloween, mate. Oh no, Halloween's in October. No, I meant what are you wearing? It's a skirt. All right. Well, bye. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is as people are honking him to go at a green light. <laughs> pretty, much, pretty much, yeah. It's great. I, I managed to defuse banter by by pretending I never I never heard what banter was. I like that. I hope you find out when when, when Halloween is, friend. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I mean, if you give me your address, I can I can post you a calendar. So maybe we need. Maybe maybe the listeners who are listening now need to send in some spooky Halloween questions Whoa. for next episode and the other three episodes we're going to record over this month. Yes, we need, we need to pack it with spoops. Mm, rich, lousy with spoops. No, just rammed with spoop. We have been, we have been hard at work. Uh, your boys, Chris and Grant, have been hard at work on... I say hard at work. Um, soft at work. Gently, gently, <laughs> catch your monkey at work. We've been writing an adventure for uh, for Spire. We're writing a our first big sort of campaign frame, I guess you'd call it. Yeah. Uh, and by big, I mean small, by everyone else's standards. But we don't like writing the ends of campaigns. But it's perfectly formed. It's perfectly formed. And again, it's what you do with it that counts. And we believe that um, if, hoping. You, if, you, if, you, if you write a, uh, an adventure of some kind, you shouldn't try and predict what the players are going to do at the end. Because you can barely predict what they're going to do at the start. Box out text is a waste of text. Yeah, never do any box out text. So what? What we're trying to write a sort of a campaign frame, as it were. So like we've got a few inciting incidents and some characters with some motivations set up, and we've tried to write a game around it. And honestly, it's really exciting. It's it's interesting to try and tackle an actual plot, but you can't tell the plot. 
Yes, you've I got to like allow the... the plot to unfurl like a beautiful flower. Yes. So it's, it's presenting it a unique challenge, especially for two men who do not plan games. <laughs> yes. All it's, the all the evidence, all the advice we've given on this given on this podcast uh, assumes that we never write down anything <laughs> unless a player said it to us. Yeah. So it's quite difficult to plot out a whole campaign, but we're having fun, and it involves serial killers and heart removal and drugs that make you cackle. Completely spoiled. Why that, even that, release it now? That's the first fucking scene. Yeah, but it's yeah. the best one. Just <laughs> <laughs> pay what you want anyway, we're not going to make any money. No, that's true. Anyway, that was a lot of ado. Let's get some questions into our gullets. Oh. Chew, chew them down and spit them back up into delicious podcast mulch. I'm going to ask you a question first. Do it. Zimralim asks, Do character classes have to be balanced against each other power-wise? Now, I'm fairly sure this is a, this is a, p- a point that we differ on. Mm-hmm. Because I like everything to be nicely balanced. I agree. I like all the numbers to be all matching. <laughs> all the same. All adding up to the right numbers and all being rounded off. Just that's a, smooth. That's a dark path that leads you to fourth third Dungeons and Dragons. Y- yes and no. Mm-hmm. Um, like I understand why you think that, mm-hmm. but I'm better than them, so I can make it work this time. Ballsy. Mm. It's it's, I, it's 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 very much the horror movie thing. Well, they failed, but I can <laughs> succeed. We could invade Russia. I think I think that the, the, the class balance is it's tricky because like in in a story in in in, in your average um, TV or film or book or what have you, not every character is of the same power level. No, they have different the place. They have different strengths in different um, purviews, for example. So while while there isn't someone who's very good at knocking people out, they might be really good at law, and there might be someone who's got lots of contacts but they don't have lots of money. And the because you have full control over the narrative, you can seed those competencies and then play off them later, and it's fun to do. Whereas in role-playing games, people just want to have fights all the time. Too many, too many fights. Too many fights. So having balanced characters, it's. I think it's more of a. It's more so players don't feel left out. Yeah, it's. It's not necessarily so that each class is as good at fighting as the other classes. Mm. It's so that each class has roughly the same power level. Yeah. Um, and the same number of competencies, whether those competencies differ or not. Rather than power level, can we say story agency? That is, that is a better term. I've, I, I've, I've, been, I've been tooling around with something for, for a few years, actually. The idea of levers... Yeah, something which I'd like to discuss now. Actually, it's the idea that when when a player makes a character, so, so like a GM has infinite fucking levers in their apparatus of the crab or whatever it's called, which Qualish. is the game Qualish. Um And you can pull those levers, you can make everything happen. But the, but the, the the few levers you can't pull are the characters. You can pull on character motivations, but you can't do anything about that. Whereas if you say play a ranger, you get levers which say woodland knowledge and shoot motherfucker in head and track and, and dog dog and be weird and you get all these levers and it's like I want to affect the game in these ways so if there's a problem which can be solved by shooting it in the face I pull on this lever and I'm probably going to solve that problem better than anyone else in the party through that that that, that, that method Yeah. 
And so um, identifying a player's levers and, ident- and, like, and also just identifying your own levers and how you wish to change the story and how you wish to form the narrative is an important part of getting a grasp on how a role-playing game works now to have fun, which is why I think role-players should know the rules when they play the game. Yeah. Because that means you can make informed, dramatic decisions. I, I think I think that things should be balanced as well, just from a because um, you can you can feel like a right tart if <laughs> if you're like if you're just sat there and you've generally got one fucker who's doing you know five d eight damage and eight attacks around and you're there plinking away with your crossbow at the back and wondering what went wrong yeah and that and that's no fun to have someone massively dominate at a thing when everyone is which everyone is involved in. I think there's certainly niche protection should be allowed, but unfortunately, role-playing games favour combat, and that's yeah. kind of that's kind of what power balance is in a way. But it, yeah, I mean, it's it's not just the levers you can pull; it's the length of the levers and the size of the trap door it opens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like yeah. if if both of, if two people have lever, shoot fella in head. Yeah. If one person can shoot fella in head and straight up kill them, and the other person can shoot fella in head and bother them. Yeah. That is an issue. I will also say a real issue is wizards. Just wizards. Because let's say let's say you don't have the power to rewrite reality using uh, magical words. At that point, it becomes fairly easy to plot your progression through a power scale. Yeah. It's like, well, we assume that things are always going to need to be shot in the face, and so you have shot in the face, blah, 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 and, that, and that all works, and that's fine. And also, like, we're, we're defaulting to. Um, Dungeons and Dragons, as we do with every fucking question that comes through, but also because it's it's classes, and I think D and D is the most pure expression of classes. It's also like the lingua franca of D and D, of D and D, of RPGs. Yeah. Um, but then you get the wizard who can do things like cast wish. Yeah, but and you can just do anything with that. Crucially, what you get is you get ah, my name is Corimathrax the Rogue. And I shall sneak up here. Huck, a locked door. My forte. Or I could just cast knock. Fuck off, wizard. (laughs) Now I could summon a horde of angels. Yeah. It's very much angel summoner BMX bandit territory you fall into. The knock spell is really good Mm -hmm. at unlocking unlocking doors because it just does it. Yeah. You don't need to have your wizard. You don't need to have your rogue faff about getting his face burnt off with acid traps. No. It just happens. Why Why have we even got this rogue? I can backstab. I can throw fireballs that just kill everything. <laughs> so, like, and, 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 and like at that point, what, what I'm interested in is is, uh, is contacts, because there, there's no way the wizard's going to have contacts in, in, in your standard adventuring shit. No, like, all like, of their contacts are in towers miles apart from each other. Yeah, whereas, whereas like, oh, we need to get a place to stay and maybe a, a, a way to get to the next thing. Uh, I could just cast Leoman's Tiny Shelter. I could just cast Leoman's Hot Rod. <laughs> <laughs> Leoman's banging roadster. <laughs> um, I Leoman's pimped out quad bike. I just think that I think that wizards can solve every single fucking problem in the game better than everyone else, and they pay a premium to do it. But you can't balance it when one person is effectively a god and the others aren't. Yeah. Um, and if you try to balance it, you get a really weird taste in your mouth, where the fighter is as good. Like output wise, as the wizard, I'm like, well, why would they be? Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Almost, it's, it's a bit like um, tech priests in 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 in, um, in Dark Heresy, right? So actually, like tech priests and psychers. 
the two weirdo classes you can buy professions. Sorry, um, that's and that's the previous iteration of Dark Heresy, not the current. Get the vernacular right. I haven't played the new one, but you can be like a guardsman or a assassin or a. Uh, a, a police officer, that sort of thing, and they all sort of make sense, and they all do the thing. They they have a gun, they shoot at the gun, they find the heresy, they go mad and die. And then you've got someone who is more robot than man, who can hover and recharge a last pistol by looking at it, or someone who can pluck someone's entire skeleton out through their nose, and only occasionally someone's demons by accident. And they're all the same thing. They're all the sort of same character class. And I get the sensation that. Um, a high-level wizard and a high-level psyker and also a high-level tech priest should be someone you know rather than someone you are. Yeah. Like, I don't want to have the incredibly high-level power of wizardry put in the hands of players. I want that to be plot. I want it to be unknowable. Yeah, or what you do is you boil it into the fiction of the game at the beginning. Go on. I mean, like, for instance, we write occult divine casters and casters that don't have anything magical. Not casters, casters that people, don't people that don't yeah, have anything magical. Mundane. And they're all roughly on the same power level Yeah, because of how we've boiled it into the fiction. Yeah, and I, I think as well, like, I think every single character class we've got in Spire has some sort of magic. Yeah. Once, once you get to a high enough level, whether that's a sort of um, legendary pub crawl or the weight of a crowd behind you delivering you to apotheosis. But D&D is chasing <laughs> this image mm. that the rules can't quite make work. It's a simulationist game as well, which is the issue. Yeah. Like if you if you can tell me precisely how many pounds of force I can apply with my with my force hand or what have you, then it kind of it feels less magic. Yeah. And there's it, a number I can keep pushing up. Anyway, I, I think I, I think we've waffled on about this one for long enough. They, they they don't need to be balanced, but if they're not you need a good GM. Yeah. Is essentially think. it. I think that, like, I could certainly have fun um, playing a second-level character in a fourth-level group until I get hit once. Yeah, and it depends on the system as well. Like in 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 uh, in Thirteenth Age, like you're doubling your damage output every level, and your hit points are rocketing up as well. Sorry, you're not doubling it every level, but you're like you're you're adding. So it's 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 like D10 damage per level you inflict with a basic attack. Yeah, and that that is a huge difference compared to something like 3.5 or Pathfinder where you oh, might be inflicting sure. a couple of extra points of damage. I mean, it does involve throwing, like, 10d10. Fucking, will, <laughs> fucking wheelbarrows of dice on the table. <laughs> yeah, I think we'll fall on long enough. It could be fun, but you need a good GM. Ask me a question, because... Alright, this one comes from fans. Okay. What's a good way to stall for time as a GM so you can quickly think up what happens next? Smoke bomb. Poof. I'm a ninja. I'm in the living room now. You can't catch me. <laughs> the smoke clears and you're crouched in the upper corner of a room like Spider-Man. Fuck. As the smoke clears, you just see the heel, a heel escaping out the doorway and slam of the front door. <laughs> and the noise of a car and then an aeroplane. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, um, I've done this once. I, I've, I've done this once and I, I said to the players you know what I don't know what happens next I need five minutes and I believe I actually you were one of the players and I took you out back to have a fag and I was like Chris I don't know what the fuck to do what do I do and, and worked you worked it out we worked out together a player and GM and that was the last session of the game I ever ran <laughs> it just wasn't going anywhere it was a D20 modern game which was my own fault and um, I think I think that like there's, that there's no shame in, in saying um Actually, I don't know what's going on next. 
But um, this is the main reason why I used to smoke cigarettes. Was if I felt uncomfortable, I could just say, "Excuse me," and I'd have a license to leave the room for anything up upwards of fifteen minutes. <laughs> I'm having a fag. I'm off for a fag, and you can go and have a fag and and you know gather your senses. If you don't smoke, start. <laughs> it's the only way to escape because it makes you look really cool, and it's not as expensive as they make out if you don't smoke that many. It's really expensive. It's really expensive, and it also does things like lung cancer, which aren't good, I hear. I prefer not to think about it. And blindness, apparently, according to the packet on my desk. Blindness? That's yeah. new. That's a very new idea. That, smoking that wasn't... Incre- when I said smoking increases the risk of blindness, which seems like a very vague thing to say. So it's like just like 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 there's a, there's a haze of smoke around you, and you walk into stuff. I guess that'll be it, won't it? Yeah, that's the one. Or you accidentally put your fag out in your eye. But going back to the question. Oh yeah. I think one thing you can do is to try, uh, while you're trying to work out what's going on, try and foster the players talking to each other for a bit. <laughs> it's always awkward when you do that. It's like, and rock play. <laughs> and scene. Um, no, but if if you can try and foster the, the, the sort of the interplayer argument, which is, but I want to go here, but I want to go here. And you know which way they're going to go. But you've got that that extra three minutes while they're having a slanging match, just to just have a little good hard think. I think also if there's any sort of like lingering resentments between the players, play up on those. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Really, really work that. And you're um, going to take that from him, Sharon. Are you going to are you going to deal with that? After uh, drow- what he said, drow sleep poison. What in their tea? No, no, no. Like like their characters are assaulted by drow just to like make them late for something. <laughs> so it's, it's, like, like, it's a bit like fishing, you know. Like if, if if you don't eat the fish, all you're doing is making that fish late. Yeah. What you want is to find a big monster mm-hmm. that's got just one attack. Right. So so that you you go and he lashes out at you. You take some damage, and now you've got four four or five turns mm. of thinking time, and he lashes out at you, and then you've got another four or five turns. Mm, definitely. Um. Possibly just just set, just put a trap in whatever room they're in. Oh yeah, just as soon as they walk into, as, as soon as they start looking about, you notice some of the floor panels are uneven. Actually, yeah, just just ask ask for perception checks. Actually, come to think of it, that's not a terrible idea. Uh, ask for, uh, ask for, for perception checks, and then if anyone succeeds, say there's a trap in here. What kind of trap do you reckon they'd put in here? <laughs> just bit, it's just bits of string and an uneven floor. <laughs> It's a bucket of water on the doorway. <laughs> Dare you try and find it, adventurer? Um, have a goblin steal one of their shoes. Mm-hmm. Have a goblin turn up and say hello. You're right. I know I like the goblin. Maybe one of their maybe one of their pack animals starts talking. Yes. I've maybe been, one of their packs starts talking. I've been aware all this time. Put more in the, one of their packs. Yeah, one of their packs. Put some more things in my mouth. Ah, I ah. need more rope. This is what I went through. <laughs> Fill me with hemp and twine. <laughs> yeah, brilliant. All, all, the, all these excuses and more. Um, for, like, also, like, if you're not sure what to do, this is this is some really weird, boring advice. Maybe ask the players and be like, "Oh, actually, I haven't planned for this bit. Have you got, have you got any ideas?" But then again, it doesn't. It, it doesn't have that sort of. Um, I am the master of my domain, Games Master um, ethos, which apparently you're supposed to give off. 
Yeah, um, when we should be giving off the, the the sort of advice is like punch the person who left in the face, and when when people go, why did you do that? Say you didn't. <laughs> it was them, and point to the person on your right. Uh, or uh, actually, how about just like really passively aggressively talk about how they're how 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 they're, they're ignoring your plot. Yes. Be really shitty about it. Oh, that's and then, delightful. And then that way they might sort of, oh, God, Grant's really upset. Okay, well, let's go along the plot for a while, yeah? And then you can go back and do the stuff that you want to do because you're the GM. Yeah. What if we had an episode where we only gave bad advice? Well, you mean every episode? Fuck off. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Listen, man, if we don't think the show is good, we, we have no hope. The show is great. It's, the show it's is not always accurate. Draw. Yeah. All right. Um, Ask me your blog post. Oh, yeah. This is from um, Mazera or M A S Sarah on, uh, on on RPG, and there's a bit of a blog post here. I'm not going to read through, but this person asked a question on RPG on Reddit and says, "I'm planning to start a new game, a new, a new campaign with new players. Most of them will not be familiar with the game mechanics. This isn't an issue. I can do that. My question is about the first encounter I plan to have. I, I, plan, I want to make it scripted, and the idea is that there are, there are a few NPCs in the room." Um, the NPCs greet them and say hello and then when they walk out the room the NPCs get ganked and the idea was to foster a um, a feeling of desperation and loneliness on the players as their as their allies are taken out right um, well, how do you feel about this Chris because our, because our um, reddit slash RPG was not down with it I think they're not going to give a shit about those people because they've met them for five minutes yeah, I mean, I think it depends on it depends on the way it's set up. Like, so if if it's like um, your transport just crashed, you have nothing. Oh, 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 the marines are here. Yeah, and then the marines get ganked. That's different from you know. Yeah, but when you're just person. having a conversation with some NPCs, and then right, let's leave. It's and super hard to make people care about NPCs. It really is. Which is why I make every NPC I can really sexy. <laughs> super sexy. It also means I get to play with sexy blokes. Just. <laughs> Well, it's always fun to roleplay. It's always fun to pretend. <laughs> um, no, I'm hot as fuck. So the um, the challenge with this, I think, is that people wanted to be well, well, like, well, like, why are you bothering telling a story? Why, why are you bothering uh, playing a roleplaying game if you already know what's going to happen? Wow. Oh, yeah, kind of. I mean, like, I I don't see much of a problem with it. Well, no, because you're not scripting the whole campaign. You're not scripting everything they're doing. You're, no. you're essentially what you're doing is you're, you're playing a prologue. Yeah, and I think it's a bit like like that. There'll be zero problems of having like an NPC crushed to death in the distance. Yeah, but for some reason, because it's a fight, people are like, "Oh, well, the players should be able to affect it." Now, the other option you've got is the players can like should be able to affect it in in that both stories are interesting. But the, the the issue that the person's posting about is, is like if if these people survive, then the, then the later fights aren't balanced, and like change the fights, you balanced. Yeah, I mean, what would be fun is to have to have it scripted. Like, so we're gonna have this fight. NPC's gonna die. Cool, yeah. except for the one they like the most. Oh, no, you kill that one. No, no, no. But the one that they work the during the fight, the one they work uh, the yeah. hardest to try to and protect, yeah. to try and save. Yeah, that if, one if, if they try and save them, yeah, kill them later. Yeah, and like I think I think like what the person's ended up doing in the feedback is is, is creating a single NPC, um, and then that means that it, like whether whether or not they die doesn't really matter. Yeah, I guess. But I think that this is this is kind of getting to the like to the basis of a 
of a problem in, in, in role-playing games, because the GM has very few rules to abide by, generally. They can do what they want, yeah, give or take, and that's fine, but that comes with, that comes with a huge amount of trust um, in the system and, and from the players, and the GM has the player's best interests at heart and will tell an interesting story. Yes. Um, I think that the other issue as well is that when you're like when you're plotting out encounters and, and when you're doing this stuff, there is this real fear of something unexpected happening. Where you are, it's like, well, well, if, if the players don't go through here, then I can't do the rest of my adventure. I have to make sure they get through here. Whereas the fun part of any role playing game, in my experience, is un- is unexpected things happening and the, uh, yeah. the combination of things coming together. And so, if that guy survives, cool. If that guy doesn't survive, also cool. Yeah, like. That's- you just give you more fodder for people to kill later. Yeah, and it's like it's not it's not too difficult to adjust fights on the fly. I found just make the numbers bigger or smaller. Yeah, take out a couple of goblins. You know, yeah. that's all. It's um, a little bit more difficult when it's one dragon. And I think it's well, it's, it's two thirds of a dragon. I <laughs> oh, just flopping about the chamber, <laughs> screeching. Which two thirds? We go, we go like, like the back two thirds or the front two thirds. <laughs> The back and front third. Yes, there we go. Uh, and it's been smushed together. It's like one of those little cats with no knees. Oh, this dragon's just a hindquarter. Oh, um, I think as well. Like, there's, there's there's another issue, which is like, I generally trust my GM to tell stories. So if my GM wants to kill off an NPC, fucking go for it. That's fine. Yeah, it's your like, NPC. Like, don't make me feel like I could have done something to change it. Don't make me feel like it's my fault that he died. If like if you're just deciding that the NPC died, but it's up to you. You can tell the story. As long as know. the story doesn't suck, it doesn't matter what happens. <laughs> yeah, and unfortunately, some stories suck. Hmm. 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 Ask me a question. I'm going to ask you a question. This is from and I said throwaway. Okay. Quite a way using a throwaway account on this, but still on RPG. Mm-hmm. Light RPGs for school hours. Well, there's anything I've ever written. There is that. A host of one-page RPGs available now. What about stuff for I free. haven't written? For free! What about stuff I haven't written? That stuff you haven't written? I know. No, so I, I need to tell you about this, Chris. There are other RPG designers on the market. Good lord! <laughs> it wasn't me. I um <laughs> I went through all your books and replaced Monty Cook's name with my name. <laughs> <laughs> that explains the biro. <laughs> I did wonder. I signed those books really hard, crossing out my name. Anything by John Harper's good, aside from Blaze in the Dark, that's a bit more involved. A little bit more involved, yeah. Um, but Lady Blackbird, Ghost Lines, Ghost Echoes, those are good. Um, Anything that runs episodic. Yeah. You ever, you ever run an RPG at school? Uh, yes, I have. I, well, I used to run um, a Dungeons and Dragons group at my college. Was that like once a night, like once a week after school? Yep, but that's it. Never during the during the day. I used to run during the day. Really? Was it something it's... small like, like prime time adventures? Or it was. It was a system of my own design. I'm sure you'll be not surprised to hear. <laughs> it was Uncle Grant's comedy role playing game. A role playing game so bad it can never be released. Sounds wise because I think you've actually told me about this before. Yeah, it's um, it's it rips off from mechanics from a solid, if not brilliant, uh, free online game called Zabatsu. Which is a uh, post Gibson esque cyberpunk game, and basically the idea, like the the, the, the game we had was I uh, they some some terrorists 
uh, some masked terrorist types invaded the school, and we were just playing ourselves defending the school. I see. And it was very silly in that, like, I think rather than having proper injury, I just had like like your arm and leg gets blown off. And so, like, we had a lot of characters that were just, like, duct taped to computer chairs, like, to wheelie chairs being pushed around. Um, I think I ran that, like, I ran that most lunch times. And so we had an hour off for lunch. And so we'd go and eat lunch. And then I'd, and then I'd sort of sit down in the in the area, in the, like, in the, in, in the, in the middle of the playground. Like, in your domain. Seat, there's a little seating area. In, in, in my domain. Yep. That's how this works. It's school. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then anyone who wanted to play would come and sit down and join in. And I, I, I had a couple of D6 and I think I had like the notes of the characters in my, in my school, like Jota, whatever it's called. Um, and um, we just play and we just tell stories and it just sort of all warbled. I didn't have a plot in mind or anything. It doesn't matter. I just, I just like, we, we, we were just, we were just telling fun stories. There, there's a lot of like making inventions out of stuff they found and defending classrooms and, it was very freeform and a lot of fun. Um, that's but that's it wasn't the purest form of, real, of role playing. Pretty much, yeah. So I ran that at school, and I think that that really helped because it wasn't like, oh, well, we can't play because the ra- the ranger isn't here. It was just, it was more, it was basic, it was, it was akin to a drinking game without any drinking. Yeah, it was just a storytelling thing, and we and we had a fun time telling stories the same way that you just come up with that you, one comes up with fights of fancy during conversations anyway. So I did that, but. I think during during your school years, you have, let's say, like in secondary school, I'm going to say you're not really a person until you're about fourteen. Correct. Uh, and then and then you start entering personhood, and you hit full personhood about the age of twenty two, twenty three. But you've got that sort of nascent stage in the middle where you are just sort of bumbling around, being useless. Uh, when and like, and like you think you know everything, and God, you don't know anything. And I, I, I'm like, I think I know now that I that I still know fuck all. Yeah, but I but know at least you're self aware enough. Yeah, what was it? What was that? Was it Socrates said? Why does it say he was a fucking idiot? That's exactly what he said. Yeah, word yeah. for word. Yeah, was it Plato? Anyway, point is, I, I assume they're in conversation with each other. <laughs> Same guy, just different mustaches. Yeah, you've got, you've got about ten years, nine years. Where you can, you can dick about, you can not listen in 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 school. Nothing you do, nothing you do or say has any real effect on the world until you hit the age of twenty three. And I don't think you should spend that time role playing. <laughs> I think you should. I think you should use it to talk to people who you fancy and then kiss them on the mouth. Otherwise, you turn out like us. Yeah, or like like take up. I mean, I was about to say we turned out okay. No, we didn't. No. no. No, I mean we we have nice careers, but everything else, yeah. f- like physically, we're trash fires. Yeah, just a bin bag on fire. It's just like there's there, there's there's raccoons scrubbing through my knees. Yeah, the and smell the smell of burnt polystyrene. <laughs> there's a wig on fire somewhere nearby. <laughs> Don't play role playing games until you are at least twenty three. Like go and kiss people on the mouth, maybe even have sex with them because that's fun too. Drink, drink before you get proper hangovers. Explore, oh. explore your body and your sexuality. Read books. You have time now, my friend. You have time to read books. You have no real responsibilities aside from maybe studying for exams. They're like what GCSEs? Oh yeah, GCSEs don't fucking count. That means nothing. 
Your A levels count, whatever they're called now. Are they still? I think they're still A levels. They better be. Well, they count because then they, then they let you get into university. At which point, the university gives you a fucking year off as long as you don't get under forty percent. Exactly. Your first year has no impact on on anything else you do. Just like read awesome books, play play the greatest video games that mankind has ever produced. Eat food. Eat wonderful food while your metabolism still functions. And you don't have to you don't have to think, oh I probably shouldn't have a second cupcake. Grant. Fuck that! What? Are you okay? I'm thirsty, Chris. It happened. <laughs> it happened and I wasn't looking. I'm old and tired. You're older than thirty. I'm thirty one at the end in October. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's October. Well, okay, sorry. I'm thirty years old. I'll be, I'll be, thir- I will be thirty-one years old in seven days. Yeah, but I wouldn't describe myself as thirty-one. You don't round it off. No, I'm just saying, like, it's, yeah, it's beginning to come crushing down on top of you. Yeah, I am, I am old. Anyway, yeah, don't play role-playing games ever. Talk to people instead. You don't need but, rules to talk to people. That's not true. No, you do, don't you? You need some rules. What if they? What if they ask questions that you don't know how to answer? Exactly. Then you then you smoke bombs. Jesus! What 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 if they tried to touch your hand during? That's horrendous. What? Why would they even do that? Imagine if someone touched your hand. What would you do? I literally don't know. No. No. All right. Um, it's my time. My turn to ask you a question. Yeah, it's probably best that we get onto a question rather than your inevitable crushing defeat. <laughs> defeat at implies the, that I tried at the hands of time. <laughs> uh. Alessa asks, what is the ideal RPG session length? I'm going to say about two hours. I think I think you're probably right. I think it depends. So, like, I mean, we used to run... Back, back when we were younger, we used to run games for about, like, four or five hours? Yeah, about that. Can I say, like, well, from, like, from, from about six till ten, and we, and that was that was uptime as well. Yeah, yeah for sure. And now the way things happen is generally like you come over half past six, you start play about quarter to eight uh, after you've had dinner, and then you wrap up about ten. Um, and then similarly online, um, you'll 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 play for about two hours and then sort of fold it up. But I find that if I'm playing something like Dungeons and Dragons with a bad GM, and I've got a really like you've got massive turns where everyone's describing their thing and picking out what's going on, everything takes ages. Then I can sustain a four or five hour game of that. Yeah, that's okay. Because you get you get breaks. Yeah, and also you're sort of bogged down in minutiae. So it's it's, it's not like minutiae. I still don't know how to pronounce that word. Minutiae. Um, minutiae. Tiny things. Uh, you're bogged down in minities. And you, minotaurs. And like like the contents of a goblin's pocket become important and may well have been re-rolled beforehand. Um, as opposed due, due to, to a feat. Due to a feat, <laughs> rather than um, rather than we're going to we're, we're going to solve this great problem. The GM has has only the roughest idea of how things are going to happen. Let's let, let's go. And I think if if everything's very planned out and you have characters which are um, have a lot of mechanical give and take, and you and each like each combat round might take upwards of twenty minutes to to, to resolve while everyone does their thing. That's okay because you're not engaged. You, like you can keep up with that for four or five hours, and some motherfuckers play all day. Yeah, I don't know how they do that. The stamina. I don't, I don't give enough of a shit. <laughs> this is my job, my passion, and my life, and I don't want to do it for more than three hours at a time. Yeah, I mean, there's not a lot of things I want to do for longer than three hours at a time. Maybe playing Uncharted games. Maybe, I really like but... Uncharted games. 
but I, can, I only really want to play them once. Yeah, that's the issue. There's no surprises, you know. Um, but if you're if you're sustaining a game properly, and like if you, if if your pacing's exciting, then two hours is about all you can really take. Yeah, because you're constantly like locked in with your brain. Yeah. You're constantly paying attention to what everybody else is saying. You're constantly yeah. coming up with, oh, wouldn't it be cool if X? Yeah, and and, and if the GM is involving you as well. Yeah, rather like, than just rather than just letting you do, rather than like like taking another couple of players off to the side and ha- have them do the thing. Fuck off. Yeah, I I, I think I think that if because like it's a natural part of, of any of any um, role playing game, give or take a handful, is that at some point you're going to have a character go away from the main group and do something. One or yeah. two characters. And I think it is your is your responsibility as GM and player to make that entertaining to watch for the others. Yeah. Um, the the is... only time that I use the kind of take somebody out of the room thing is when I'm playing online. Yeah. I will occasionally PM stuff. Yeah, that's okay. Um, because that's that doesn't take any time out of the game. It doesn't. We we, we had a great um, experience with that when we had um, we were playing a an, an, an amnesiac horror game with the Hearty Dice Hangout. And we PM'd uh, one of the players. Is like the the the, uh, the pictures of the children in this flat are your children. You need to find them. Yeah. And then and like he and like he didn't want to tell anyone that they were his kids, but it just got more and more apparent as the story went on. It was lots of fun. And it was I really, really liked good. That. It was a nice way to communicate that silently without like even without anyone knowing that that like even out of character that something was up. Yeah. I really respect. Really that is one you. of the strengths of online role playing. Yeah, it's about the only strength, honestly. Yeah. But you know, silver linings. When I like when I run Honey Heist or Havoc Brigade or Goblin Quest or any of my um, short form daft RPGs, I don't sit down when I when I run them. I stand up and I, I move around the table and I talk to players and I'll go and I'll, like I'll I'll get their I'll get their permission first, but like I'll put my I'll put my, put put my hands on their shoulder. Or I'll I'll get I'll get up in their faces while I'm talking to them because it's exciting. Yeah. Um, and that just that level of engagement and that level of everything keeps moving. After two hours, you're fucking everyone's fucking shagged. You're just drained, which, which means tired. I should say for American yeah. listeners or a Canadian <laughs> yeah, listeners. Yeah, do want to clarify that. Yeah, I, I, you know what? I don't think I've ever heard anyone actually use it. <laughs> um, like who wasn't me? Really? When have you heard someone say, oh, I'm absolutely no, shit, no, mate. No, it's more of a thing of I'm thinking. I'm like, well, like so I, I, I think I picked it up from Hugh and Laurie. Yeah. There was this gag, and it was, and it was, it was like, I was like, what do you do in the morning? Well, I get up at 5am, and I, I, I jog down to the, uh, to the swimming baths, and I swim 40 lengths, and I come home, have a shower, and head, I'd head off for work. And how does that make you feel? Oh, absolutely shocked. And that was that was where I picked it up. But I really just the, the idea of shagged out is like I guess it's a bit like ridden hard and put away work. <laughs> Somewhat, mm. except less less a Levi advertising mm. slogan. Are you are you are you possibly thinking it's something which would be sexy as long as a sloth didn't say it? <laughs> <laughs> Many things are sexy as long as a sloth doesn't say them. I'm going to ride you hard and put you away, wet. That that really that really woolly wet. Wet. I love pronouncing H's where there aren't H's. I'm um, going to follow you home and sit in a tree. I'm going to fuck the pockets in your suit. I'm going to get your dry cleaning for you. And just go through it all. I'm going to organise your socks. Um, follow-up question. Yep. Asked by Owen. 
uh, is yeah. what is the ideal campaign length? Six to I'm, ten. I like I like four myself. Uh, I like it. I like it a bit longer than four. Mm-hmm. I think with four, you've got the kind of well, I suppose say three act structure mm-hmm. per game. But By I the think... way, I, I'm going to go back in at the start and, and, and replace the word campaign with penis. That's fair. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I, I like him shorter, but Chris likes him between six and ten. Yeah, I do prefer a good a good six to ten. Yeah, because if in a four you've got that kind of as I say three act structure. Yeah, over the games, which is nice, but I don't feel as though you f- you feel the effects of advancement. That's fair. Um, over four games, because mm. each each time you're turning up to the table, you're X more powerful than last time. Yeah. Um, whereas in six to ten, there is that kind of fallow period where you're experiencing a level, as it were. Yeah. Yeah. You, um, you, you can get you can get to get to understand it. Yep. And then you ramp up, um, and it lets the plots kind of be a bit more rangy, mm. and a bit less uh, a bit less constant high impact. So I will say something. Um, I've been I've been GMing Spire recently. We we uh, we played Blood and Dust, the uh, the sample adventure, which come which came with Kickstarter, and um, we we wrapped up on Monday actually. So I think we had about eight sessions, yeah, seven sessions, and it was progressing at a much slower rate than my normal thing. So normally I turn up, I have no idea what's going on, and we just fucking we just fucking pinball ricochet through it through through a plotline that we all come up with at the same time and have a fun time telling it, and it gets a bit daft, and then the story's over, and it's. I really, I really enjoyed doing that, and I, and also because I, I run a lot of one shots, I have to play test a lot of games, so you know I have to keep it quite, quite brief. But this took seven games, and I, I already knew what was, what, what was happening in advance. I wasn't making anything up. I had all the answers in a sheet that I'd written up, um, a document I'd written up a couple of weeks beforehand, and so it was a really interesting and quite a laid back experience. It's nice, isn't it? To just be able to turn up and go, yeah, I know the answers, and it's like it's a very different method of engagement because normally I turn up and I, I'm engaged. My brain is just in full Hoover mode, sucking up everything I can and trying to take it and combine it and reinvert it and throw it back at the players and listen and build on that. And this is like here is a mystery. Go, go, and it was just much calmer. And we got and we got some different role playing out of it. It was less intense, certainly. But it was much. It was uh, it was a more pleasant experience in some ways. And it felt more rounded. Yeah, that that's why I like that six to ten games. Mm. Um, I do I I do not like any more. I used to love them, but I do not like really long campaigns. Infinity campaigns. Not infinity, but like the year long campaign. Yeah, that's the same thing in my book. Yeah, but like, I can't. I can't. I'm gonna die soon. I can't. <laughs> I think I think within you within you group I like I like doing the three game thing. It's like we're going to make our characters, then we're going to play three games, and if you're not like if you're not enjoying it, you can leave, and no one's going to think any less of you. That yeah, that that's great. But when you've got an established group of players, and you're like, yeah, yeah I don't hate all of you. Yeah. You're all fun. Yeah, we can all, we, we can all do this. And not we can tell stories together. Yeah, it's going to be lovely. Then you're looking at six to ten. Yeah. Uh, I'd lean towards six. Mm-hmm. And then and then have room to manoeuvre. And have room to manoeuvre, but definitely not like 20. Mm. Can you imagine devoting 20 weeks to something? Ugh. Right? Ugh. What do you mean, like writing a book or something? <laughs> no, writing a book's different, but like... Like with a time slot. Yeah, yeah I know Like a mean. real job. That's a long time. 
I've got one, I've got one last question for us. All right, hit me. Guybrush asks, "This isn't the one we agreed on. I just want to have a fun one." Okay. What are the best monsters for menacing low-level adventurers when you're bored of giant rats, giant spiders, goblins, and kobolds? Uh, okay. First question. Mm-hmm. If you're bored of goblins and kobolds, you're doing them wrong. Goblins are nature's punchlines. They are perfect little bundles of fuck. And I and love them dearly. You should, they've got those stupid melon heads, those horrible needle teeth. They're like children you can kill. They've just, got best just... voices. Goblin! Goblin! Goblins. Hello! They're just the absolute best. Pissing um, on everything! <laughs> oh no. And I I think goblins are wonderful. I think kobolds, I've never fucking had a kobold. I'm sorry, I had a kobold casino um, in one of my games. And they right. didn't know how to, they just played cards. They oh. didn't know what... They didn't know what card games were, so you just went and played cards. I would have gone with roulette wheels, where certain numbers were trapped. I think they had that. Like there were no traps. I don't like. I don't like playing. I don't like my kobolds and my goblins to be ingenious. Oh it no, kobolds! Like, I love being. I, I love with the traps, as we've it, explained before. It was all the front for an illegal dragon respraying operation. Yeah, yeah, which is crucial. I think because black they, dragons they, are worth more. I think they were respraying. Um, Green, dra- uh, green dragons as white dragons which are worth more <laughs> flogging them down the market kobolds are interesting and trappy giant spiders I don't care for no mm, I think I definitely prefer the giant rats giant rats I really don't give a shit about unless they're dog sized no but I mean you, on the wildlife angle you've got a lot of a lot of play there mm. you've got you know bears is a bear a low level monster it's like level 2 isn't it yeah yeah it's not yeah. it's not epic I think having some goblins steal the bear and dress it as a jester, yes. Excellent. Then you got a really pissed off bear. Yeah. Um, in fact, combining anything you can half inch from a zoo with goblins. <laughs> in fact, anything stolen and a goblin. Yeah. Go. Yeah, that works. Um, let's have a think, though. So the, the other thing as well is like something something which we which we always um, encourage is to reskin. Yeah. So use the rules and then change the words. Because that means you can just fight the same fucking monster for years and years and years, and it will have no issue. The players will not realise. For example, my players in my thirteenth age game for a um, an animated oil painting of Lady Usher from the fall of the House of Usher, using the stats for a bear. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And like um, for the longest time, when running, um, I think it was three point five. I couldn't remember any of the characters, um, any of the monster stats except for orcs. Right, so and I remember it perfectly. So I used orcs for literally everything. <laughs> if it was a skeleton, well, it looks like that's an orc. Yeah. Oh, th- th- this orc's got uh, it's got javelins and a scimitar. That's weird, isn't it? Anyway. Yeah, it's just you. You can just reskin it all and just use the, the rules. So if if you're playing um, an undead campaign, have some really rickety, like barely held together with necromantic energy skeletons. Yeah. Just use goblin rules. Yeah. In fact, let's 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 come up with some low-level monster ideas now. Trash elementals. Yeah, good good good, good use of garbage. Excellent Gu- for urban horror. Gull boys. This is just a list of gutterkin. No, there's not a trash. Ele- okay, fine. Gull boys are great though. Like horrible gull man who smoke fags and eat and, yep. and eat and eat like chip sandwiches. Yeah. Yeah, what are you doing, Randy? Komodo uh, dragons. Yeah, that works. Bloody horrible territorial things. Um, vampire mind spawn. Ooh, that's a thing. Disposable tulpas. 
At which point are they disposable? Well, like you, like you, you create a tulpa, and then you send it after someone. But maybe like you create ten tulpas and send them after someone. <laughs> and they're, they're disposable because they're going to get killed. <laughs> you get them in one of those like sex packs with those rings around their necks. <laughs> oh. Pull one off and throw it over there. I guess you'd have to bond with it first. Yeah, you don't just pull it off without you know. Saying, I, saying if it's just a tulpa without without being bonded, that's just that's not going to be an effective combatant. No. No, Anything up with the two thirds of a skeleton? Yeah, I mean, if it just just the the lower half of a human skeleton, so pelvis down, kicking. It's just a mad kicker, just runs at you, just <laughs> really working the shins. It's like, and like, if you need to upgrade it for different levels, put bigger boots on it. Yeah, or have the uh, the top half further away, hurling insults. Like, yeah, you like that, don't you? In fact, like the top half's up high, acting as a spotter. Yeah, left, yeah. left, left. Kick him, kick him Gavin. in the edges, Gavin. And it's and it's, it's it's got it's got a um it's got a wand of um of dancing lights which it fires at you to like mark. <laughs> Just like God, a flare. Actually, come to think of it, the legs wouldn't be able to see. But hey ho, doesn't matter. Maybe maybe they can detect light. They've got uh, they've they've mounted they've mounted a dead earthworm on top of the pelvis, <laughs> so it can detect darkness and light. A skeletal earthworm. Yeah, just 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 the bones from an earthworm. Yeah, that's all you need there. An animated deck of playing cards, like 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 the play, playing cards in the shape of a ghost, and they come at you and try and cut you up. All I've got now is just like hideous images of those like Beauty and the Beast teapot playing with a deck of cards that then eats them. That works. I, I was I was I was imagining more as like 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 fluttering razor edged like moths or butterflies. That would work. That's that's that better, honestly. An- animated books. That's a popular one for low level adventures. Yeah, they crop up a lot in arcane yeah. uh, campaigns, don't they? Um, people, actual humans. I always like fighting actual humans because they've got names and families. Yeah, and they cry when you hit them. Yeah, um, makes it a lot harder to kill them. De- like I would, I would definitely advise having like, like the first time, like, like your your, car- your adventurers run in and hit someone. Go, ow! What? Oh God! My arm! Jesus! Jesus. Just run screaming. Oh, we were just robbing a house, you fuckers! God, we could have just talked. Oh, we, we we would have gone. We could have had this. St- oh my God! You monsters! You're the real monster. You, you killed Barry. Yeah, name every NPC. Always, even even if it's just Barry. Yep. Barry is a good fallback. I can't. I can't think of much more in the way. Well, like, also, uh, mind controls people are always good as other well monsters. Yeah, because um, then their heart's not really in it. So animated plants, animate any sort of animated object like a chair coming at yeah. you. Um, my favorite thing is to get a dragon, but it's in fact a fake dragon that someone has animated to look like a dragon. <laughs> I like that a great deal. Um, and finally, um, Boglins, Noblars. What is a boglin? Because I remember there being boglins, which were little toys you could buy in my youth. Oh, did you? They were like puppets, like gross puppets. Hang on, let's have a look. Let's have a look on the internet about this boglin. Let's have a look. Boglin. Oh, fuck that. Have you found the gross puppet? Oh, God, that's disgusting. Yeah, they used to be. There's there's six of them. I think I had the green one. Yeah. That's heinous. Messed up, aren't they? They sold these things to children. They are boglins and finger boglins. They are called Megadeg, Mr. Crad, P- 
Pustule and Deg. Good names, actually. Yeah, they're pretty good, actually. They are hideous, and I want them to die. Yeah. But that's a boggling. Some of them are called Soggy Boglins. Apparently, the soggy Boglin boys. There was a brand a brand called Soggy Boglins. I think that there are no end of fun things you can do. And I think if you just get a goblin and put a different hat on it, that's enough. Yeah, just reskin people. it. You get away with murder. Reskin everything. Ah, I see what you did there. We have... I hope you've enjoyed listening to this episode as much as we've enjoyed recording it. Or maybe even slightly more, because I'm ill. And I'm drunk. Oh, well, hey, well done. Thank you. Um, so you should be enjoying it, surely? Or is it just, like, a bother... It's an afternoon drunk, so it's um, it's gonna it's gonna veer off the tracks. It's getting, it's soon. getting in the way. Yeah, um, we love you. We love. We do. We love the fact that you're continuing to support this podcast um, as it as it as it grows. I suppose we're on episode thirty four now. We've um, we've been doing this for more than half a year. It sort of snuck up on us, but we've, we've been we've been doing our best to be sort of professional about it and put, well, put out an episode every week <laughs> why is it like we put out an episode every week we put out something every week yeah we've been on time uh, we've been on time if not early and we try to make things happen to um, keep you entertained we, we just, we just want to say thank you because your your support makes this possible and it's really awesome if you don't currently support us and you'd like to, us to extend that love to you because uh, we will only love you in exchange for money you can go to patreon.com forward slash Hearty Dice friends, and give us some cash, and come and hang out in the Discord, um, or, or we will record uh, podcasts in accordance with topics that you desire uh, for a little bit more, uh, or you can just throw us some cash, and that would be really useful to us. Uh, you can also ask us questions on Twitter, we are at HDF Podcast on Twitter, and um, I think I think something we're interested in getting set up, uh, yeah, also if you can ask us any Halloween questions, that'd be super, so we don't have to that do as much good. work coming up with things to say that are about Halloween. Well, I'm thinking actually. I haven't discussed this with Chris yet. I want to try and get like a question form people could fill in on the internet and yes. an email. So like set it up on our on our on our company website and make it all happen. Because at the moment it's kind of hard to ask us questions, which is not maybe the best idea. <laughs> um, so I think I think we're going to get some sort of thing uh, set up so you can send in long form questions to us and we will we will make that happen. Um, until next time, I'm Grant Hammett. and I'm Chris Taylor. And we love you very much. We do. You're the best. Goodbye.